With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, fans, here we go. Four two-minute rounds of boxing scheduled. Women's in the ring. On this, the latest edition of the Two Minute Round Face to Face, we spoke to San Diego's own diamond girl, Amaris Quintana. If you're familiar with Southern California female boxing, then you know her for her come forward style for almost a decade long pro career. In this exclusive interview, she spoke to us about her beginnings in the sport, her recent medical scare, and how she is changing up her style for the future. Amaris, just for those people that are not familiar with you and your style and the way that you got started in boxing. Why don't you tell our listeners about you and the way that you got started in the sport of boxing? Well, I started when I was uh, 13 years old. My brother's the one that got me into it. So I started training at 13 and uh, I, I was able to start competing at 15. And uh, it was hard. Like my parents didn't want me to do it at first, but they said, oh, you know, let her get in a fight. She's going to get hit. She's going to get scared. So, but nope. Ever since then, I've, I've been going at it. So I was able to have 13 amateur fights. And now I'm at 11, 3, and 2 as a professional. And um, back on it, I was off for like two years. I had a heart surgery. They had to remove a cyst from my heart. And uh, this year was the first year that I'm back. So I'm feeling good. I'm feeling ready. And uh, like, I love to fight. I as you can see my fights, I love to go to the toe. I love to, I love to brawl, but uh, I've been changing up my style. I have more, more technique now, and I'm being, I've been fighting smarter and you know, getting better at it. Mm-hmm. Getting back to your parents not wanting you to box, you know, and obviously you had 13 amateur fights, so somewhere in that time they must have realized that, you know, that she likes it and she's gonna keep doing it. So once that, and. Did they have a conversation with you and, and, and talk to you about what it meant to be in the sport and, you know, the the risk of you getting hurt in boxing? Yeah, of course. Like, uh, especially as a woman, you know, like, it's it's a tougher sport for women. And uh, my dad was not, not about it at first. But, you know, they saw me compete. They saw me train at the gym. They saw that I really loved it. And I, I put my dedication and my heart to it. So ever, ever since then, like, they've supported me a hundred a hundred percent they're always at my fights anything I need whatever I need they're always there for me so they're a big part of my motivation and you know the reason why I keep pushing forward now you went pro in uh in 2009 about nine years ago against Gloria Salas so even though you only had 13 amateur fights I'm sure that that fight was a lot different than those amateur fights because you know you weren't wearing headgear and the gloves were a lot. So what can you tell us about that first fight 
here in San Diego? And what, what do you remember about how you felt before getting into the ring? Oh, I was really anxious because I knew, you know, smaller gloves and no headgear. So I was anxious, but like as soon as I, as soon as the bell rang, as soon as I felt a punch, it's like my adrenaline kicked in, and you know, like I realized why I'm up in the ring. Like it's, it's, it's a passion, it's a love that I have for it. That once I get up in the ring, once you know, we get the first hit in, like I just, it just gets me started, and I keep going at it, and like I love it, like you know, like that's when I realized this is why I sacrifice all my days of training, all my hard work, like working in between training, you know, and uh, that's where it pays off. And uh, especially uh, Gloria Salas was a, a boxer that I fought about two or three times. And, you know, every, every fight we had together was a war. Like we would go toe to toe every single round. Like she was, she was another warrior too. Great fight, great experience to be fight to fought her. Now you, you, you were undefeated in your hometown, San Diego. And the first time that you left the County of San Diego, you went up to the, Ontario to face Cindy Amador and you ended up suffering your first loss in 2012. What can you tell us about that fight and about fighting Cindy uh, in that first fight with that you had with her? Uh, Cindy Amador was another great warrior. You know, she had a lot of heart and she, she was a tough, tough opponent, you know, and uh, it didn't hit me hard. Like I know, I know I did all I can. I know I didn't lose bad. It was uh, to me and to a lot of people, it was a close fight, you know, and uh, I just went back into the gym. I worked harder and just, you know, worked on my, on what I needed to improve in the gym, but it, it it's not a loss, not something that, that brought me down or made me think less of myself. It just helped me to, to see that I, there's more that I need to improve. Now, besides this two year layoff that you just had because of the, heart issue you had and we could talk about that um in yeah. a little bit um uh you know you, it, you're very spora- sporadic like you fight and then you don't fight you go sometimes a year without fighting what's the reason behind that before this issue that you had with your heart it's been tough for for women like i've had to fight a couple of fighters like more than once or twice you know and like like i said having to work full time and fight it's it's not easy like your body takes a lot of beat 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 downs and everything but like no other bad issues like you know like sometimes I just you know my body needs a break but it's not that I've stopped completely or it's just been hard to get fights out here too Mm -hmm. and so now let's get to uh the issue what happened you know you you had a fight and then how did you discover this issue that you had with your heart that made you take uh, the biggest layoff of your career? Yeah, well, it was it was really crazy because uh, I had gone into the emergency room for some pains in my stomach, and it and from that they saw that I had a ruptured cyst in my ovaries. So they ended up having to do an X-ray, but after the X-ray, I guess the person that did it went went higher than they had to. And that's when I I found a lump in my chest. Well, of course, you know, you get a call from the doctor saying, you know, for a woman, they find a lump in your chest. The first thing you think is cancer, right? So uh, they advised me to stop training. I had to go to the doctor. I had a couple appointments. And then uh, they were able to find out it was a a cyst. It was pretty big already. It was the size of a softball. But due to that, yeah, I had to stop having any, you know, 
any punches to the chest, any punches to the body that could cause that cyst to erupture. So thank God that it was not cancerous at all. So that's one good thing. And they were able to remove it and surgery went well. And I had to, well, I had to lay off to do my recovery and all that. It was pretty hard because they had to go through, through my ribs and collapse my lungs to get to my heart. So wow. one good thing is that they didn't, yeah, they didn't have to go, they didn't have to open straight across my chest. They were able to go through the side. So you ended up with a scar on the, on your side? I have like three little scars. They, they, they did the laparoscopic surgery. So thank God, like with all this advanced conditions and all that, they're able to, to not open me as big as they, you know, needed to. But they had mm. told me like in case, they couldn't do it through laparoscopic. They were going to have to open my side a little bigger than they had to. But uh, thankfully, thanks to God, like, they were able to remove it with the three laparoscopic. So. Now, when you first found out about it, I mean, I'm sure and you just mentioned it, that you worried, obviously, about what could have been. Did the doctor, and obviously you told the doctor maybe he was familiar with you, that you were a professional fighter. Did he tell you yeah. that at any point that, that maybe your career was over? He didn't say that. He he had just told me that I was lucky that during my fight, my recent fights that it did not rupture with a punch or with, you know, some force to my chest. Mm. So, and, yeah. uh, and so once they, they, they did the surgery, how long did he tell you that you had to actually be out of commission and not be able to, to box? Well, before, before, uh, when they found out that it took about three months that I had to stop before I had surgery, before they were able to bring me into surgery. And after surgery, it was about four months. Like the first month I had to be in bed. Like I was walking around with a cane. Like I had to, you know, get my lungs back, back up because it had a, uh, collapsed my lungs. So it was, it was tough. It was like a month in bed and then three more months of just like, walking little by little and just you know therapy and getting back on my feet six seven months layoff maybe so what was your your biggest motivation to keep going and keep trying to to get better well, my biggest motivation was because i knew i wasn't done and i knew uh with this surgery i was still able to keep you know fighting so that was one part and the second part like always like my grandparents like my grandfather when I fought for my first title, he passed away a week before my fight. And the same night as my fight, I had to fight for my title. And uh, that's one thing that keeps me motivated and keeps going. Before he passed away, he promised me that I wouldn't get up, give up. And, uh, you know, I'm not. Like, I know I have what it takes to get back to the top. So I'm not going to stop. And um, he's, both my grandparents that passed away are, are a big part of my motivation to keep working hard and keep keep going at it. Now, before we, we talk about your, your return and what's for the future, as you know, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with your career. I followed you for a long time, being that I'm here in San Diego, yeah. in your hometown. And um, I know that you started off with uh, David Gutierrez, who's a local trainer here. But since then, you've, you've decided to move on from David, and you've changed trainers quite a bit. Um, you've had three or mm -hmm. four different trainers. Now you're working with, I believe, uh, Juan Estrada. Juan Estrada, whose son, Angel Estrada, was a former fighter, and he's also worked yes. the corner for Antonio Margarito. So why the, yes. why, is, 
why the changes with uh, with trainers, and 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 do you think that the Juan Estrada is, is the right fit for right now? Well, the the reason I made changes because I wouldn't see any any benefits or me, you know, improving my skills and my techniques. It's not that I wanted to, but it's that I had to find what works best for me, what I thought would help me grow more and expand my skills and all that. So my manager is the one that got me with uh, Juan Estrada, and uh, I'm I'm happy with him, like. He hasn't changed my style, but he's teaching me how to be smart, how to use my head more. You know, I'm still I'm still the aggressive fighter that I that I've always been, but uh, with him, I'm working more my footwork, my speed, and and my technique. So I'm really happy with him, and I'm comfortable with him, and uh, I think he's the one that I'll be I'll be for a while. Uh, like I said, I'm familiar with your style. I've I've actually seen you do both. I've seen you in past fights. I've seen you brawl it out and and you know just go yeah. to toe to toe like you say and how you like to fight. And I also seen you yeah. box and, and you do know how to box and you do know how to move around and you do have skill. You've been doing this for a long time. So yeah, what does Juan Estrada tell you that stops you from? brawling out like you tend to do because I know that's what you that's what I could tell when you're fighting that you know you're trying to box but inside of you you just want to go all out you could you can see it in your face you can see it in your movements so what does Juan Estrada tell you to stop you from doing that and sticking to the game plan well it's not that it's stopping me but it's it's making me think you know like before yeah I'm a brawler like always I'm always gonna be a brawler at heart I love to go toe to toe and I love I love to give war in a fight, but I got to be smart about it, you know? Like, a lot of my fights, I made the mistake of drawing toe-to-toe to fight easier for me or, you know, win it better or do what I had to do, being being smart but being still being aggressive. So he's been helping me a lot, you know, work my power also, which is something that I had never worked before. So I've been feeling stronger, and uh, you, can, you can see from my last two recent fights that uh, – my power, my technique have been have been getting much better, and I've I've been having really good positive um, comments about me looking smarter in the ring, me looking you know stronger and, and better than before. So now you came back after that issue with your heart uh, in March of this year, and you stopped Dulce Galavis in the second round, and then you came back a month later and fought and stopped a much. A fighter that, I, that I've seen fight uh, a couple of times as well, Carol Castro Madrid, who is an experienced yeah. fighter. So what can you tell us about two, those two fights and the fact that you've been in Tijuana when most of your career you fought in San Diego? Well, like, I love fighting in Mexico, especially because I am Mexican, you know, and I still have family out there and I have a lot of people that I know out there. And um, I would like to fight over here in the States also soon. We're shooting for that. But like, like right now I have, I've had to mm-hmm. Dulce Galavis was a great experience. She was, it was awkward because she was much taller than me and she mm-hmm. came in uh, a bit heavier than me, but you know, I did what I had to do. I, I listened to my corner and we worked on, on our technique and our game plan and, and it worked out. Same with Carol Castro. She's a tough opponent. She's strong also. But uh, we stuck to our game plan, and uh, like I said, I used my head more. I was I was smart in there. I wasn't rushing to you know to throw myself in there, and uh, I feel good. You know, I love the way I'm fighting now. I'm 
I'm getting much better. My power, my speed is, have, has been getting much better. And uh, I love hearing the great comments that people say that I look, I look way smarter. I look way much better than before. So I know where I'm at right now and what I'm doing is, is working. So you're fighting this Saturday in Tijuana as well. Who's your opponent? Because it has not been uh, listed yet. My opponent will be Araceli Palacios from Durango. Yeah, she fought Senez Estrada back here, and then she fought Marlene Esparza in um, in uh, September of last year. So what's your game plan yeah. against Palacios, and how would you like to look against her, knowing that she has gone against two uh, of the you know, up-and-coming fighters that have a lot more, you know, people talk about them a lot more because they're with Golden Boy than any other out there. And they went the distance. Yeah. Yeah. So she went the distance with them. So in the back of your mind, is it your goal to be able to stop her to show that you were able to handle her better than both Marlene Esparza and Sinise Estrada? My game, our game plan is to, to get in there and, uh, you know, she's, she's a fighter that comes forward, of course, and, you know, likes to go toe-to-toe also. So we're, we're working on working a bit more, starting off working my, my boxing skills a bit, you know, testing her out, testing her to see what she got, and hopefully uh, stop her. Now, I know that you're a natural mini uh, 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 uh five pounder and i'm sure that maybe if you even tried a little bit harder uh or had a little bit more time with the diet you could even make less than that so uh yeah. you've been fighting about 110 109 what what weight is this fight against palacio set at this fight is set up at 105 so it'll, it'll be in my original weight so and now is that the weight that you forward in Yes, that's the weight that I, I feel comfortable in, you know, and that I've, that I've always mostly fought in. And uh, I feel good. I feel ready. And uh, if sometimes I have to fight heavier because there's no other opponents, but we're going to try, you know, to get more fights at my weight instead of me giving everybody else the advantage of being heavier. Mm-hmm. And now the, the champion at 105 is the WBA champ. I mean, there's other champions, but she's the most well-known champion in that weight class, Anabel La Vispa Ortiz. So, yes. you know, how how soon do you think you'll be ready to take on Ortiz in a title fight? It's it's a, it's a fight that I know that I've been looking forward for. And sooner or later, it's going to happen. It's just, you know, seeing where it takes us after this fight after this fight we'll see what's going to happen what's offered and from there we'll we'll see where it goes so how much more how much more time do we have Amaris Quintana inside the ring inside the ring I want to give my I say I have about five six years in me left in these five six years I just want to stay busy stay on it and you know uh, keep going at it and shoot back to the top before we let you go, why don't you tell our listeners how they can follow your career, if you want to share your social network with them, your Instagram, your Facebook, and all that, so they can keep up with the Diamond Girl of San Diego. Yes, of course. On Facebook, you can follow me under Amaris Quintana. On Instagram, I'm under Diamond underscore girl 1933. So go ahead, give me a follow. I follow back. I appreciate all the love and support. And you guys can make it out this Saturday night uh, in Tijuana at the Caliente Casino. Uh, come show love and support. Uh, you you don't want to miss out on great fights that night. <laughs>
so. Okay, thank you, Amaris, for your time, and uh, we wish you luck this Saturday night. Thank you, Felipe. Thank you for joining us on this edition of the Two Minute Round Face-to-Face with Amaris Quintana. Don't miss our bi-weekly podcast with my co-hosts David Avila and Tara Zaili every other Thursday here on Block Talk Radio. Our next show is on July 26th. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.